Welcome to Possibly Speaking, a podcast that explores the highest spheres of spiritual thought as they find expression in our lived experience. Here's our host and the mashpia of the light revealed, Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we are continuing with our weekly shir on the Torah, seen through the lens of recovery, and recovery is seen through the lens of Torah with the light revealed. In this week's parsha, we encounter the attempt for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give us direction as to how we draw His presence down into our lives and into the world. The Mishkan, the tabernacle, the resting place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu can allow His presence to be felt, allow His presence to be encountered, where the human being develops finally the capacity of bridging the unbridgeable divide between that which is finite and that which is infinite, between that which is limited and that which is limitless. The Mishkan, which is the final expression of Matan Torah, where Hashem revealed that above and below, in spite of the fact of how opposite they are, are in truth connectable because they're made up of the same material in the end of the day, and they're two parts of a fundamental unity. So the bridge creates the connectivity between above and below, between infinite and finite, between ideal and real, between making it and struggling, between all of the different separations and splits that we make with regards to where we're at and where we would like to be. All of those can be represented, are, are synonymous or contained within the category of Shemayim and Aretz. Shemayim is all of the things that we desire, all of the things that we want, all of the things that we want to encounter in the most positive expression of ourselves and the healthiest expression of ourselves ourselves emotionally, spiritually, personally, physically, psychologically. And Aretz represents those parts of ourselves that are still stuck in one way or the other, that are still experiencing a prevention, uh, a knot that ties them up in a way that they create some element of discomfort, whether it be unconscious, conscious, emotional, spiritual, physical. The Aretz represents those things which appear to be devoid of the illumination of unity, but rather represent the disunity, the mindlessness, and all of the, the scatteredness that populates the human mind. Matan Torah was the creation of the revelation that they are interconnected. Hashem came down from Shemayim Kavyachol and the Aretz went up to Shemayim. There was a unity. Yes, they remain different. Shemayim and Aretz are different. Ideal and real are different. But in that place, they're unified to the degree that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals that ki ein oid muvado, there's nothing but me. Where it appears that I'm present and where it appears that I'm not present, both of those are expressive and indicative of my expression. And once we come to that realization, once we come to that panemius of das, that recognition that, oh my goodness, above and below, below and above are interconnected, and in truth, while I think above is so much better than below, it's specifically through below that above gets to be revealed, and without below, there would be no expression of the above, and the below allows the above to express itself with even more ferocity and intensity. A person gets a spark, gets a vision of the fact that everything is unified, ultimately, and that there's a holistic perspective of calmness and okayness, and all of those positive vibes that emerge from the contemplation of Matan Torah, Yichud Shemayim and Aretz, the Hiskalus of Eino and Movado, the, the smoothing out of all difficulties, the working through of all issues, the, the calmness that is present in all of the activity that a person is going to go through. Menucha, Shabbos, that's the taste of what Matan Torah was. And then the natural desire, the natural desire of a person who feels something intense, feels something powerful, tastes a moment of clarity, 
sees that vision, that path in the mind that says, this is how it's going to be okay. Sees that path through the anxiety that says, this is why I can allow myself to be calm. Sees the path through the temptation and says, this is why I can tolerate discomfort for a little bit more. That once a person encounters that lightning bolt that illuminates the forest in the midst of the storm, as the Baal Shem Tev taught us, the next desire is to create a lasting receptacle for this, a lasting place where this idea can be expressed and lived over and over and over again. Because the only thing more frightening than not experiencing the moments of Matan Torah or those moments of clarity of mind is the fear that we have of, oh, no, now we're going to lose it. Oh, I'm never going to be able to retrieve this feeling again. Oh, I'm so prone to forgetfulness that I'm never going to be able to live in accordance with this. Oh, this is just a glitch. The positive thought is a glitch, but in truth, the negative thoughts are what are determinant of who I am. All of those self-perceptions and the preconceived notions and the prophetic engagement that we engage in with the self-fulfilling prophecies where I feel that the good that I'm experiencing is not something I deserve and therefore I'm just now anticipating for its dis departure which Chazal have already understood. This is on a certain level how we taste Shabbos. Vai Avdenefesh. It's specifically when I'm aware that Shabbos will depart that I choose to truly understand Shabbos. Or like Rabbi Nachman points out with the Chavraya Kadisha, that it's specifically when Rashbi was teaching to them that they would cry out about what would be when Rashbi was gone because you can love something so much that the only thing is to mourn the fact that you won't have it forever, but that's meant to allow a person to deepen their connectivity to it, to throw themselves with ferocity into the moment in the secret of what Shirashiram describes as love being as strong as death, that in the encounter of the notion of transiency, of death, that things don't last forever, then I can redouble down on the power and the passion of the love because in this moment it's all I have. As the Tamid, the Master Rebbe, how can we do tshuva? He says, do tshuva one day before you die. They said, Rebbe, but how do we know when we're going to die? He says, ah, that's the wisdom. Because if a person lives with that sense of urgency, so then it motivates desire. But over here, what happens after Matan Torah is a different thing. It's not a desire that is motivated out of a sense of transiency that throws me deeper into it. It's the fear that this is going to leave. I'm not going to be able to contain this. And therefore, the immediate recognition is to build a mishkan, to build a mishkan, to build some physical receptacle, to build some dwelling place, a space in which the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu could be revealed. Now, Ideally, as the Mephorshim point out, the Mishkan is in the heart of each and every person. The Mishkan ex exists in the shape of each and every individual. As Chazal point out, as the Mekubalim point out, every part of us is composed like the, the Mishkan. We all have a Chatzer in us, we all have a Kodesh, we all have a Kodesh HaKadosh, and we all have an own Kodesh, we all have different parts, we all have the different areas of the Mizbechot, we all have the Mizbech HaKatores and the Lechabam we all have all of those different colors and forms in each and every one of us in where HaKadosh Baruch allows himself to dwell, but because we were afraid that we were going to lose it, because we were so afraid of how this feeling is going to continue to stay, how will I be able to orient myself in accordance with my best self, in accordance with my values, my ethical and moral principles towards which I want to bend myself, the avoida that I want to do, the clarity of mind that I want to do, how do I ensure that it lasts? How do I ensure that it finds some applicability, expression, reality in this world. And that's the entire secret of the building of the Mishkan. The Mishkan is the development of a receptacle with kalim and kalim shonim with vessels and containing elements that contain experience, that make room for experience. And when a person looks at this Mishkan, so most of the kalim in the Mishkan are beautiful, 
the Mishkan is is geared towards illuminating the world as as a as a quintessence of reality that is composed of the same twenty two spiritual building box letters that compose the entirety of reality. The Mishkan is meant to illuminate. It's the or. It's the makom of the Hashra Sashkin. It's the makom of the Aron Akodesh. It's the makom of Samsein Eshkin also Bin Bade Haaron, where Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Megala himself most in this world. Where Hakadosh Baruch Hu chooses through the secret act of Simsum to be Megala himself, and therefore the Mishkan has to be beautiful. The Mishkan has to be built. The Mishkan has to be supremely illuminated in the various colors and the hues of experience. And perfection seems to be the modus operandi when it comes to building the Mishkan. How do we make the most beautiful receptacle for this spiritual experience? How do I create the the best and most lasting? present vessel that can receive the light of that experience that I want to feel so intensely, that positive light that I want to continue to live with. And so what we find throughout the Parsha, through the unity of Moshe and B'Tzalel and the Shechina HaKadosh with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the three of these, that, that Moshe, B'Tzalel and the Shechina HaKadosh and HaKadosh Baruch Hu develop the Mishkan. The Mishkan comes out as the way it's supposed to come out. But then it's specifically, it's specifically at the place where one would imagine the Mishkan to meet its apex moment, the Aron HaKodesh, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Aron HaKodesh that holds the Asar Sedebros, the Tzantzana Saman, the irreducible remainder of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's expression in this world, the secret of all secrets, the Evan HaShasiyah, the point from which everything emerges and the point back to which everything returns, that Makam HaAron Einam and Hamida, that place is that beyond place, that place that forces us to realize that all limitation in our lives and reality is ultimately a congealment of an unlimited expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu above, and that the transition point between the two of them allows somehow in an impossible way that's only understood by the secret of faith, that allows for an intertransferability between the infinite and the finite, where the finite is not a sudden departure away from the infinite, nor is the infinite something that is fundamentally removed from the finite. In spite of the fact that all of those things are true, the Mishkan, the 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 Moach, the the Neshama, all of these things represent the the point of transference, the bridge at which infinity and and finite dance together, because there's a middle point that contains both of them. And it's in this Makom of the Aron Koidesh, this Makom of the Aron Enam and Amida. That we would imagine that here it has to be the spitz perfect. Here it has to be, you know, human fallibility is understandable. Maybe make mistakes elsewhere in the Mishkan. But when it comes to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, when it comes to the Aron HaKodesh, when it comes to the Aron HaBris, the thing that represents the depth of the unity itself, that's got to be perfect, we would assume. Which is why it's so surprising and the Tzadik can pick up on this immediately. When the Pasuk says, V'atsu Aron Atse Shitim Amatayim V'chetzi Archo Ama V'chetzi Rachvo V'ama V'chetzi Komaso. So suddenly we're thrown into the secret of Asu Arun Atseshitim. Make it out of Atseshitim, out of a language of Shtusa, out of a language of a joke, out of a language of not taking the self too seriously. The Mila de Shtusa, which are even higher than the Torah itself, like we spoke about last week. The Mila de Bidichusa, the joke that precedes the giving of the Torah. The Atseshitim, the recognition that the greatest clea that I have to be masking anything in this world is my recognition that at the end of the day, it's Mila de Shtusa. I don't know anything, and all I can do is laugh the laugh of Mashiach until Mashiach decides to laugh his laugh, which is the secret of Schoik, which is the Gilu or in Sof, as the Tzemach Tzedek points out, that laughter is the same is or in self because laughter is the cracking up at the sudden appearance of a reversal of all things where we come to realize that what we thought was up is down and what we thought was down is up and it's the secret of an hapechu and purim and that's the secret of the shtusa de kedusha as all of the tzaddikim point out and that's what we see here asu arun shitim that the arun itself is made out of the secret of shtus de kedusha which is going to be the basis of how we can understand what we see next because suddenly when a person comes to encounter the arun what we find is half measures measures and half measures. 
Amatayim Vachatsi Archo, Ama Vachatsi Rachbo, Ama Vachatsi Komaso. Its length is going to be two and a half amos. Its width is going to be one and a half amos. And its height is going to be half an am. And suddenly, which we don't find anywhere else in the Mishkan, suddenly these kalim, these kalim specifically by the Aron Kodesh, are half measures. They're imperfect measures. They're imperfect measures. It's not a whole number. It's a half number. It's the implication that there's a splitness, that there's a tear that separates something that was previously unified. The secret of the chatzi, the secret of having, is the secret of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, of splitting the middle matzah, which is the secret of yachatz, which is chatzi, which is the light of Yitzchak Avinu, is chatzi kuf, the ability to break kuf, which is klipa, into two elements of nun, the nun shari tum and the nun shari kedusha, and to find unity between the two of them, to allow the nun shari bina to, to elevate oneself out of the all nun shari tumah. But this notion of chatzi, this splitness, which applies to the self, which applies to the containers, which applies to everything in reality, is suddenly found in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. In the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we encounter this strange deviation away from perfect measures, and we encounter suddenly imperfect measures. We encounter the fact that things are split and that one is not enough and sometimes there needs to be an addition of another one. But then if I add another one, then it's too much. So maybe if one and one doesn't equal the proper equation in my life, maybe there's something wrong with me because they were created one and one. Ah, but the Torah reveals to me that no, I might have to split something in this world. I might have to break things apart. I might have to chew out the maror. I might have to break things down to make them more manageable. The secret of parts, the secret of half measures and 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 one-thirds and fractions, all of these elements, the secret of a chilek, represents that to be human is to be imperfect. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is shalim. And it's specifically at the apex of our spiritual encounter with the Aron Kodesh itself where we would imagine and expect to come in contact with the depths of the need for perfection, that to draw Matan Torah into our life, I need perfection. We see that the Torah is telling us immediately a person has to forget their perfect offering because there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in, as Leonard Cohn said, that it's specifically in the splitness, it's specifically in the half measures, in the imperfect measures of the Aron Kodesh, that a person becomes a proper receptacle for the resting place of the Shekhinah in this world. Because one who conceives themselves as perfect or one who conceives of their lives as operating in a realm of where perfection is a possibility, it's either going to be filled with arrogance or sadness. Arrogance in because I'm always yearning to become more perfect and I'm angry and resentful towards those who take that perfection away from me or towards those who I see as more perfect than I am. Or it's sadness because I lose hope in that perfection and I find artificial means to that sense of perfection, which we know, the paths of addiction, all of the various places we fall into. The quest for perfection is the ultimate klipa in the sense that it implies one of two things, that A, God is measurable in some limited way, and B, that the human being is capable of equalizing the playing field and operating in the same place of God. God forbid both are fundamental elements of heresy. The individual is fundamentally flawed, not because we have sinned and lost something that kept us whole, but because by definition, I am not God, and if I am not God, I am imperfect. And the recognition of my imperfection, the wholeness through my own limitation, is not a contradiction distinction to my attempt to be my best, but it is the very site where I become my best. It's how I deal with the imperfection that is built into the very system. It's built into the Beis HaMikdash, it's built into the Mishkan, it's built into the Aron itself. 
as the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin and Rav Tzadok and Rabbi Nachman and the Vilnagon point out on this Indian that it's specifically in the halves and the holes and the halves and the halves and the holes that a person is going to become a full person because if I'm only okay with the holes in my life, if I'm only okay with the full things in my life, then I'll be miserable anytime I encounter a chilek, anytime I encounter something that's apart. But if I learn to integrate the partness of reality and the splitness of reality and the recognition that at the most innermost point of the connectivity in the mind itself, in the Arun Kodesh, I am encountering half measures there. It's the secret of Shalem and Chatzi, as Rav Avram Abulafia always points out, and as the Rebbe Shlita brings down, that it's the whole and the part. I need to learn how to be okay in the whole and yearn for the whole, but I also need to learn how to be okay with the part to come to see that the part is also a whole, that the Chatzi is not simply something that is not whole. It's a whole in and of itself. When I realize that the Chatziness, that the splitness and the halfness of this worldly experience is in truth the very expression of the fullness of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to reveal himself, then that Chatzi is mishapich to a shlemus within the Chatzi. It doesn't stop being imperfect, but there's a perfection that's baked into that imperfection. It's the secret of Ezehu Ashir HaSameach Bechelko, Simcha Chelkis. Where does the wealth come from? Where does the wholeness come from? Specifically by joy with my Chelek. Chelek by implication of the fact that it's not everything. When I learn to tolerate the Chelek, when I learn to tolerate the fact that when I have a little bit, that's what I need, and I don't need to strive for everything, that's when I learn to be a receptacle that's worthy of the Torah. That's when I learn to uncover the secret of chilek eloi mamish. Again, a lashon, a lashon of chilek. I am a part of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. I have a chilek in this world. Each and every person has a part because as the Baal Shem Tov says, someone who grasps a chilek of the etzem, again, the language of chilek or chalak, which means split or to cut, a person who tastes a chilek of that, it's specifically that person who is toifes ha'etzem kulo. Because within the half, within the chatzi, within the chatzi, a person encounters everything. I can find Hashem in my whole heart, and I can find Hashem in my broken heart. And in davar yoter shalim may leave nishbar. There's nothing more whole than a broken heart. Not because a whole heart is a bad thing. Halavai, a person should try and feel a whole heart. Kolzman, that we know we can never be wholehearted completely. But the important thing is to learn how to live with a whole heart and also a broken heart. Because when I have a broken heart, there's no greater thing because that means I've learned the secret of a whole heart and a broken heart. The Mishkan is built out of both. The Mishkan is not telling us to be broken hearted all the time, God forbid. A person needs to walk with Takifas in this world. A person has to realize that they are Malchus and Malchus is rooted in the highest place. But the way that Malchus uncovers that ability to get to that highest place is when I acknowledge my deficiency, when I acknowledge my preventions, when I acknowledge my own humanity, when I acknowledge the things that I can't do in this world. And I let go of the perceptions of perfection and the attitudes that I'm trying to convey to others, etc., etc., and I start living for myself, and I start understanding and developing the tools that are actually necessary and needed to move forward from whatever issue is assaulting the mind, but not to do it because somebody else needs a person to see them in a different light, but to learn to work through the difficulty from within the self, the self-orientation and autogenesis of working through the self and working through the issues that comes from a satisfaction and okayness in the chatzi. And then I can really do the work. But if I'm doing the work, I'm trying to fix myself because I'm not perfect in the eyes of anybody else and nobody's really looking at me. So it's just my eyes turned into their eyes and their eyes turned back on me. So I'm reading my own thoughts all day anyway. And the distorted thoughts get reaffirmed, reaffirmed. If I'm measuring my experience or how I feel about myself based on my external assumptions that I'm always going to be striving for a shlemus without any chilek, without any chatzi, because that's what I imagine everybody wants. That's what I imagine everybody wants to see from me. And if they're not going to get my best, I'm not going to give them anything. And ultimately that's what leads to isolation and loneliness and despondency and inactivity and lethargy, etc., etc. But specifically when I learned that I'm a chatzi, I'm a half person, 
I'm an imperfect person. By definition, I am imperfect. It's part and parcel of the fabric of existence, and not only some secondary element of existence, but rather the Aron HaKodesh itself. As Moshe Rabbeinu asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu, show me your face, show me everything, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, as Panay Lo Yira, you can't see my face. No human being can see my face. As Leshem says, the reason for this is not because Moshe sinned, not because Moshe broke something, but because it is fundamentally impossible, built into the very fabric of existence itself, for a human being who is imperfect to be perfect. And this is the acknowledgement of powerlessness. It's specifically through the powerlessness of having a full amma, of having a full two amos, of having a full three amos in the Aron Kodesh, and the necessity of living with an amma and a half, two amos and a half, where a person learns to acknowledge my powerlessness. If I'm all of the full perfect measurements, I'm powerful because it takes power to demand that level of perfection or to expect that level of perfection. But when I accept my powerlessness and I acknowledge that I'm not in charge of the type of measures that I'm given, and if I have a half measure in this world, then it's my job to find fullness in that half measure. When a person relinquishes the control that they have over their measure in this world, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mashpiyah to them. Then they become a shliach. Then they realize, I don't have power, but I do have an infinite power that is moving through me, which is light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is being shayra in the shlina. It's being shayra specifically in the desert, in that place of the Nachashim Va'akvarim, in that place of the Bulbul Hadas, whether it's about philosophical notions of belief, whether it's about physical, emotional notions of, of temptation, etc. Both of those things, the Nachash and the Akrav, they both try and take us away from the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from the secret of Hashra'a, of the presence of the Shechina in my life, where I look around and I realize that all things proclaim the, the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that everything that I'm encountering in my life is a Malchus that's ready to be raised up to a higher place, and that everything I feel internally, my thoughts, my emotions, my actions, when I choose to value them, not because each and every thought is a message, but because when I choose to tune into myself, I will find Hashem sending messages to me wherever I am at. It's not meant to drive a neurotic sense of what is Hashem saying to me here or there. When I choose to think about what is Hashem saying to me, I will find that Hashem is shayra in this very place, specifically in the recognition of the chatzis, specifically in realizing that even when I feel that I'm whole, I'm always going to come to realize that I'm just chatzis in relationship to the next level of wholeness that I can get. And then we learn to live a balanced life of wholeness and brokenness at once, where the brokenness illuminates the power of wholeness and wholeness reveals the unending nature of its 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 brokenness and it drives us further and further to develop steadfast processes of trying to get closer and closer rather than trying to arrive at a goal trying to get closer and closer one step at a time one day at a time the next right thing and in that a person will come to find everything in the next moment itself as the rebbe says that Kaddish Baruch Hu is not Megala to a person anything other than the next step in their life. And in this next step, in my imperfection, in my feelings of goodness or the struggle against despondency, I am going to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the next step. And that's the binion of the Mishkan. The, the recognition that this Mishkan will be perfect to the degree that I will put my effort into it. But in terms of the outcome, in terms of what I am capable of, by definition, it's going to be imperfect. And that imperfection is not relegated to the coat room because it's embarrassing that imperfection finds expression in the most holy place in the Kodesh HaKadoshim in the secret of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Shaira. he rests himself on the brokenhearted he rests himself in the place of broken vessels he rests himself in the place of nothingness he rests himself in the place of powerlessness and through this we uncover the secret of wholeness through limitation the Shlemus that comes from the Hakara of the Chisaron and the Rabbos Vechasronon and we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be Mashlem Chisronos and to allow us to live with our Chisronos and that we should be Male the Shechina which is the Shurish of Chisaron in the 
this world, and we should bring it back to a place of shleimus, where everywhere we look, all we want to see is what can I do here to make it a little bit better? What can I do with myself to make me feel a little bit better? What can I do for the other to make them feel a little bit better? And what can I do for the klal that will make it feel a little bit better? A life of usefulness, of doing, of trying to alleviate the burden of the imperfection of this worldliness, not by cursing imperfection or running away from it or trying to fill it with some artificial form of perfection, but by accepting it and drawing HaKadosh Baruch Hu down into it and welcoming HaKadosh Baruch Hu into it and revealing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has never been away from it and revealing that in truth this lack itself is just an expression of the Shekhinah HaKadosh which gives me a direct path back upwards to a moment of elevation of all things in that place of the mind which sees things as good, which affirms the goodness and the all rightness of reality and through this we're going to come to taste the light revealed, we're going to come to taste the expression of the Or HaGanas that we encounter in each and every one of our own days, in each of our, of our lives and Be'ezrus Hashem for Gantz as well. Thank you for joining the Possibly Speaking family. Possibly Speaking is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehila Nasanian. And our music is by Zushio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org, and feel free to email us and Rev. Joey at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org, or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at The Light Revealed. Thanks for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways.